Did you know Fast Growing Trees is the biggest online nursery in the U.S. with more than 10,000 different kinds of plants and over 2 million happy customers in the U.S.? They have everything you could possibly want, like fruit trees, palm trees, evergreens, houseplants, and so much more. Whatever you're interested in, they have it for you. Find the perfect fit for your climate and space. Fast Growing Trees makes it easy to order online, and your plants are shipped directly to your door in one to two days. And along with their 30-day Alive and Thrive guarantee, they offer free plant consultation forever. This spring, they have the best deals online, up to half off on select plants and other deals. And listeners to our show get an additional 15% off their first purchase when using the code POOL at checkout. That's an additional 15% off at FastGrowingTrees.com using the code POOL at checkout. FastGrowingTrees.com, code POOL. Offer is valid for a limited time. Terms and conditions may apply. Make sure to go to TimCast.com, click join us and become a member to support this podcast and all the work we do, and you'll get access to exclusive uncensored segments from TimCast IRL and way more. Now, let's jump into the first story. I want to talk to you all about winning a culture war, building a parallel economy, succeeding in boycotts, shaping mainstream American culture, bringing it back to some strong, morally moral-based values, while still recognizing that we have a long way to go in being better people. I love the idea that the Second Amendment is being reinforced, that if you look back at the 80s and you look at gun rights and everything, it was actually a lot harder to own a gun back then than it is now. So in fact, we are not losing our rights to keep and bear arms. There have been some setbacks, but we have been winning over the past few decades. These are all great things. We got a long way to go. We want to make sure we keep the good moral values, get rid of the bad ones. And that's what I see in the Bud Light scandal, the Bud Light boycott. That's what I see with Sound of Freedom. That's what I see with the Public Square app. Download Public Square if you have not already, because there's a whole bunch of companies that want to sell products that believe in American values, believe in family values, good morals. And what I find with these businesses on apps like Public Square is they are good, honest, sane, rational people. For the most part, nobody's perfect. But the world I see is a traditionally and classically liberal one as America had been for a long time. And I'm not saying the modern colloquial version of liberal, which is the story you see here, which is, you know, weird leftist stuff. I'm talking about raising a family right, hard work, personal responsibility, and recognizing that, uh, you know, we want to have individual rights and liberties and protect those that are uh, rooted in the Constitution. We have, by doing so, made this country the greatest country on earth. But now we're facing very serious competition with the BRICS nations. And uh, it's, it's, it's problematic, as the left would say. I bring all that up because I want to talk to you about this story. I want to talk to you a bit about Bud Light. And um, it's not really about Bud Light, just about all of it. You see, the story that we're seeing right now is sad Dylan Mulvaney flees to Peru and complains she no longer feels safe in the U.S. after Bud Light fiasco. Trans influencer frolics with llama and hires a shaman. I saw this story and I see a lot of people tweeting it. I think it's important to highlight where we are with the with the Bud Light story because uh, Costco recently the other day dropped it. Uh, I, not, not as a bit, not, not as a major chain, but many locations apparently have this symbol. It's the star of death indicating they're not going to be restocking the brand. 
Bud Light has now dropped, I believe uh, we have the story here, to 14th place among beers from number one. I mean, this is massive. This is massive. And so I had to wonder about a story like this, because again, I, I see Culture Warriors post, and it's the Daily Mail obviously running the story saying, Delamone Mulvaney fleas. Fleas? Oh, come on, guys. Now, I'm not going to play this game. I think it's very important to talk about how we're winning. I think it's very important to take an opportunity whenever we have the chance to talk about the impact of the Bud Light boycott and how it continually gets worse. Part of me feels, you know, it's kind of like beating a dead horse. We did it. We won. But you know, I've said before, I'm like, I guess we're wrapping up the Bud Light story with a nice little bow, but it's not changing. It's actually getting worse. And so the issue here is I want to make sure we all know that this cultural force is persistent with the success of things like Sound of Freedom, Public Square, and all these brands. We are winning and building that parallel economy. And so it's not so much just about this beer. It's about our cultural impact is expanding. It's not about being conservative. This is the, this is the most annoying thing. The left views anybody outside of the cult as conservative. That's what it means. So there's been criticisms of me because I'll say we and our, and they say, he must be talking about conservatives. I'm not. I'm talking about classical liberals, libertarians, disaffected liberals. There's a whole faction of people who disagree on a wide range of political issues that don't like what the cult is doing. I want to make sure that framing is sound. But let's talk about this news and then we'll go through the cultural victories that we've been seeing because there's a lot of updates in this regard. One of the most important things I want to highlight is the Bud Light boycott is a historical event on Wikipedia. That's right. 100 years from now, people will talk about the cultural shift caused by the 2023 Bud Light boycott. How amazing is that? And when I saw the news that Bud Light had dropped to 14th place, I'm like, okay, man, it's getting worse. They were number one. They were number one in sales, number two in sales now, but now among consumers, 14th place. That's that's crazy. We're seeing bottling plants shut down. And then what do I see? Viral clickbait about Dylan Mulvaney. Okay, we may take issues with the algorithmic manipulation that comes from characters like Dylan Mulvaney, from apps like TikTok and Instagram and all of that. But let's just call this out for what it is. While it is true that Dylan Mulvaney claims that they don't feel safe in the U.S. anymore. It's not fleeing to Peru. It's a vacation. And I'm not going to play this game. Look, we're winning on the culture war front. We don't need people sharing stories like this that grossly exaggerate. Dylan Mulvaney took a vacation to South America to go look at llamas and do shaman stuff. People do it all the time. When Dave Chappelle went to like some retreat, they were like, he had a mental breakdown and went to get some like weird shaman stuff. It's like, bro, took a vacation. Calm down. Well, here's the story. Because it's mostly like half true, right? Dylan Mulvaney has fled to Peru for some much needed solo travel and soul searching after she complained she no longer felt safe in the U.S. The trans influencer 26 has been at the center of scandals. We know, we know, we know. She told fans in a series of videos, which included posing with a llama. Okay, surprise, I'm in Peru. I'm at Machu Picchu. Isn't this so beautiful? What did Dylan Mulvaney's laughing and having a good, you know, look, man, we talked about this uh, on Timcast IRL. May have been, or actually, no, I think it was the culture war. We were talking about Chelsea Handler and how these conservatives, you know, people like Ben Shapiro, I I like Ben Shapiro, and they were saying, like, this woman is miserable. She's miserable. I'm like, why are you saying that? Why lie? Chelsea Handler made a video where she said she wakes up early in the morning, does drugs, and masturbates. And I'm like, that doesn't sound like she's miserable. To be fair, to be fair, 
to uh, like the likes of Ben Shapiro and other conservatives who are directly criticizing Chelsea Handler. Many of these childless single women, uh, what are they called? Uh, sinks, single, in, uh, single income, no kids. They uh, are they're on antidepressants, SSRIs and things like that. They're on medication. So to be fair, I don't think you get to say that you're happy if you're taking antidepressants. You, know, you got mood stabilizers. You're probably not happy. And there are a lot of people who exercise and eat right every day who are. So uh, to be fair, in the greater sense of, of things as it pertains to what Ben Shapiro's point was and other conservatives, maybe not Chelsea Handler specifically, but many of these liberal women who are choosing to just do, have careers and live by themselves, wake up, do drugs and master it, they're not happy at all. Because there's a difference between happiness and fulfillment. And so I think that's what we're seeing with the modern left. But in this, I want to point out, Dylan Mulvaney is probably having a very, very good time. It is absolutely dopamine triggering to have millions of followers praising you all day nonstop. Of course, you have to balance that with all of the negative press, which does an opposite and inverse pull. But for me, I suppose, you know, when you first get into this industry, there is a shock to the system. It's a new experience. It's, it's, it's indescribable. Where I remember when I had like 5,000 followers on, on Twitter, it was a weird feeling and it was scary. All of a sudden, I was having tons of people just insult me nonstop all day, every day. Why? Because people are nasty. How much praise was I, was I getting? Not that much. You do a couple of good things, you get some praise for it, and then everyone attacks you relentlessly. But eventually, you numb to it. You realize, hey, wait a minute, these people are full of it, and there's no reason to listen to what they have to say. And thus, you start to feel good. But the question is, is it fulfilling to just chase after that dopamine rush of positive attention on social media while blocking out the negative. It's not real fulfillment. So you'll get people who pretend to be happy, Dylan Mulvaney, and in the end, they're probably on some kind of mind altering medication to stabilize their mood because they can't handle it. I think if you look at people like Dylan Mulvaney, you'll see short term happiness. I have no problem saying that many of these people are probably very happy. I mean, going to Peru, being with llamas sounds like a whole lot of fun. But the scary thing is where you end up. And that's what I see with the culture war, with the right, with uh, Anheuser-Busch stuff, why I think it's so important to win the culture war, because I'm a person who believes in long-term investment. That is to say, it may feel really good to have a short-term gain, but the real value is knowing that in 10 years, you are going to be set. Things are going to be good. And it's funny because people often think of the now, and this is a very leftist approach to life. They think about the now and they ignore the future. And then I, I, I love this because, uh, you know, people always say like they ask older people, what, what's one bit of advice you would give to a younger person? They're like, take care of your teeth. It's like, yeah, I hope y'all are doing that. And uh, right now, personally, I'm dealing with a sports injury. I don't think I could have done about it. But it makes you think like, wow, you really take things for granted, don't you? You really take things for granted. It makes me wonder about where the left goes with their worldview in their lives. Bud Light chased after the short-term goal, the short-term gain. They didn't pay attention to what was going on. They didn't apologize. They just went for the short-term, and now they're imploding. And this is where we are. This is, I guess the point I'm trying to make as, as I get through this uh, and talk about the culture war issues is the view we have in terms of, I'm not talking about conservatives, calm down, weirdos. I'm talking about typical investment. The reason why we fight this culture war it's not for conservative values in my, in my world. It's for benefiting humans in the long run. A little bit of hard work in the short term, a little bit of sacrifice, and things will be generally better for everybody. And that's the purpose of boycotting companies like Bud Light. 
Sure, it may be easier. It may feel good just to grab a beer, pop it open, have a drink. And it's hard to boycott companies. You know, I'll tell you this. You know, you guys know that I, I typically would watch all the MCU stuff. I got rid of Disney Plus a long time ago because of they, were, they were praising the Uyghur Muslims. I guess Secret Invasion is out, the new show. Haven't seen it. Not going to see it. Probably won't because I'm not buying Disney Plus. Recession and inflation are here. Gas, housing, and everyday goods are up, way up. And you want to be ready for any situation. So what would you do if there's no food on the shelf? Arc Heirloom Seeds are here to help. Did you know 99% of seeds sold today can't reproduce? With Heirloom Seeds, you only have to plant once. Then you can grow year after year, giving you and your family stability and security because things are getting crazy out there. Our all-in-one seed kit provides everything you need to grow your own food. This premium seed kit has over 65 varieties, 50,000 seeds in stores for 15 years. You'll also get our exclusive seed guide to make growing a no-brainer. Arc Seed Kits is a family-owned and operated business and the most trusted name in the nation for over 15 years. Our mandate is to get heirloom seeds into every home in America. Go to arcseedkits.com today and get free shipping by entering promo code podcast. That's ARKSeedKits.com. Promo code podcast. Get your seeds, get prepared, get growing. ArcSeedKits.com. Now, if a Marvel film comes out, I'll probably go see it because there's a difference between going to see in the movie. But I, 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 look, my point is, I said no, no Disney Plus, no Disney Plus. Some may say, well, get rid of all Marvel films. Well, there's, there's, there's pros and there's cons. I recognize there is a challenge here in that I don't know anything about Secret Invasion, and it may be culturally relevant. People may want to talk about it and look to what's in it. Perhaps I should watch it. But I don't know. I think I'd rather watch Sound of Freedom. I'd rather watch things that are, are pushing that shift and make slow and gradual changes in this direction. That's why I say to people, become a member at TimCast.com, but I don't expect you to cancel Netflix, Disney, Paramount, whatever, because we, 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 we want entertainment. It's not, it's not reasonable for anyone to say, look, we're going to build a parallel economy, get rid of everything you've ever done and have this dramatic change overnight. We have to build and through competition, win that battle. Right now, we are. And that's the point. Bud Light plummets to 14th place. You see, that is victory. As Bud Light, once a beloved contender among the country's favorite beers, spirals to the 14th spot, the repercussions resonate far beyond the brand itself. They say a recent YouGov survey reveals the decline in Bud Light's ranking, casting it below competitors like Pabst, Miller, Miller Lite. The seismic shift in popularity jeopardizes the livelihoods of 65,000 people. We had a big debate about this on the show. I said, too bad. 645 people lost their jobs. They worked at a bottling plant that mainly made bottles for Bud Light. And the debate I had was basically, you know, I think it was Matt Brainerd. He was saying, like, these are regular people who don't know anything about this and they're losing their jobs and we need their votes. And I'm like, too bad. I'm sorry. I mean it too bad. In my world, you do not get to ignore everything around you and then whinge when bad things happen. Sorry. I don't want regular working class people to be harmed. But let's be honest. It is the fact that regular working class people tuned out the real world and said, I don't care about politics that leads to this problem. I met a lot of people. I meet a lot of people. And I met a couple people who have said, oh, I used to watch your show all the time. And I said, used to. I was talking about this the other day. I met a guy. Uh, Cool dude. You know, we had a a good time. We played poker. He bluffed me out of a hand and took a bunch of my money. It was fine, though. That's the game. It's fun. And he's like, I had to bluff you, Tim. I had to at least once. And I'm like, ah, you know, fair play, fair play. But he said, I used to watch your show and I don't really anymore. And I said, I said, used to. He said, I just I got burned out from politics. I say, okay, 
you know, I get it. I don't, I don't, I'm not going to criticize the individual in this regard. I don't know what this guy does for a living. It was a, it was fun playing poker with this guy, but I just want to stress if you work at a Bud Light bottling plant and you lose your job, I have no sympathy. Okay. Maybe a little sympathy. Cause I, I don't want you to lose your job. You know what I mean? But my worldview is basically this. There are a lot of people that say, I don't want to be involved. I don't want to pay attention. And then bad things start happening all around them. Their children are being groomed and indoctrinated. They, they wake up one day to find that their kid despises them. And they're like, how could this have happened? Because you weren't doing your duties. You ignored your civic responsibility. You sat back, tuned the world out and said, I just want to watch the game and drink a beer. And you know what I can hear it? Already. A lot of people saying like, look, man, I work really hard all day, every day. I'm focused. It's not my job to pay attention to the world. There is a civic responsibility within all of you, within me, within you, within everybody else. I don't expect everybody to watch the news 24 seven and to do the amount of research that I or the Timcast news team does. But if you're not paying attention and a boulder comes crashing down and wipes out your house, it's like, dude, you had forewarning. You ignored your responsibility to the world. You don't get to tune out the problems of the world, close your eyes, plug your ears and put blinders on and cross your fingers that everything will be OK. That is not that has never been how the world works. So what we see now, you have people in their homes knowing step by step, the violent extremist Antifa BLM will go to your door, threaten your life. And they think if I just close my eyes and duck my head, it will wash over me. And you know what happens? It doesn't. Like the viral uh, Instagram posts, or I'm sorry, Twitter posts from that guy who's like, yeah, they're rioting. Oh, no, they're coming to my neighborhood. Quick, what do I do? Get out of here. That's the reality of it. Bud Light's collapsing because more and more of you, people like you and me, have started to pay attention and say something is deeply wrong in this country. And we can't just sit by. We're seeing Anheuser-Busch brands across the board crash. Look at this one. I love this. CNN misgenders Dylan Mulvaney in cringe segment. They're losing. They're losing the culture war. You got to pay attention to this stuff, right? Sound of freedom is skyrocketing. My point is this. It is not to come down on you or anybody else to argue that you're not doing enough. It's to point out that you are doing more than enough at this point. That's my point. It's not to come down and be like, oh, well, you know, you abandon your response. No, 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 no. It's the opposite. I am saying, finally, People like you and me, regular people, have put their ear to the ground and said, I'm going to do as much as I can. So maybe you work at a bottling plant. But let me tell you this. They say all these jobs are at risk. You had three months warning if you worked at that bottling plant to know that sales were tanking. People do not support Bud Light. And the argument is, well, but they just make glass bottles. Nope, sorry. You are a cog in the machine that produces Bud Light. And we are rejecting Bud Light. That means all the distributors, the drivers, the bottling plants, you're going to lose your jobs. So the warning is crystal clear right now. You should be looking for a new line of work. Now, perhaps you can argue, I didn't know Bud Light was going to do this. I know. I understand. But they did. If you were going to company that did a horrible thing, a shock to the system that's resulting in a major crisis for the brand, you think you can just sit there? Here's the point, man. Bud Light accidentally started a fire playing with matches. The fire is raging through the brand. Don't think you can just sit in that building. The way I described it before is that you're basically in the living room. Somebody was playing with matches in the garage. The garage is up in flames. The flames are spreading to the house and you're like, I think I'll be fine. 
Then eventually the fires reach the living room. You're forced out into the street and you're like, this is not fair. Why do I have to leave the house? It's like, bro, it's not that we were forcing you to leave the house. It's that we're, you, you can't stay inside when it's burning down. And the people who choose to are going to be hit the hardest. The point is, we're watching it all take place right before our eyes. They're freaking out in the media. We don't need these, oh, Dylan Mulvaney flees the country. But I get it. I get it. Dylan Mulvaney went on vacation. It's not a big deal. However, understand this. As the news cascades and the videos go viral and more and more views are, 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 are reaching these eyeballs, it is a domino effect. Last night, I did a segment about Costco dropping uh, Bud Light at some of its locations. 400 and some thousand views already. Wow. That's a lot of views for one of my videos. Typically, you get, typically I get like high hundred, like 190 to 200,000 views. Uh, the more culturally relevant ones do 250. I don't make videos based on how many views I expect to get, to be completely honest. I got a video from last night about a Georgia Democrat quitting the party I thought was important. 100,000 views. It's like, you know, 120,000 views. I know that I can do videos like this and probably get substantially more. I know I can make a video and just be like, oh, Dylan Mulvaney's losing it and, you know, get a bunch of views or whatever. But it's not always about that. But I will say for other people, this is the point. It is. And this is what drives the cultural forces in this country. So pay attention. If people see that video gets 400,000 views, they're going to make more videos about it. They're going to make more videos roasting Bud Light and that cascade effect, the Bud Light effect will get substantially worse. As more and more bad things happen to Bud Light, more people will complain about Bud Light. More people will see an opportunity to complain about Bud Light and Bud Light will suffer further and further and further. This cascade, this maelstrom cannot be stopped. I don't know where it goes. Now we're seeing because of the uh, consumer inflation is very, very low, 3%. Good news across the board. I don't know if you want to give credit to Joe Biden. There's a lot of factors that play a role in this. But if I'm going to criticize his leadership across the board, you know, hey, look, it's his leadership that sees these changes happening. I still think you got to put it in the context of the major collapse, which affected two different presidencies. The point is this. It is going to get worse for brands like Bud Light. The stock may be going up because all stocks across the board are going up. So sure. But it's going to get worse for Bud Light. And I have to believe that if media outlets like the Daily Mail and other conservative commentators and culture warriors are claiming Dylan Mulvaney is freaking out and fleeing, the opportunity exists in the mind of anybody making content and news to frame things in this way because it generates traffic. That's what we saw with the woke stuff. So we may be seeing an inversion of that. This new decade, 2023, we may see the inversion of the culture wars and that the real opportunity to make money, of course, is anti-woke. And that's it. Bud Light is that shift. So that's good news for conservatives, for Republicans. It seems like that is the path we are on. If you are anti-woke, you will start making tons of money. If you're the likes of CNN or the Daily Beast, you're going to lose your job. Vice media laying people off. These big corporate press outlets are crumbling and collapsing. And Benny Johnson's getting millions of subscribers. New podcasts are popping up. Rumble is taking off. It looks like the shift is here. And this decade will be a major cultural shift in this country. That's what it's all about. Not to make a video where I say, oh, this, that, you know, these leftists are. No, I'm like, dude, this is not about negativity. We're winning. We stay the course. I imagine a future. Man, let me tell you about the, the, the world I envision. I grew up going to Catholic school. Family uh, ultimately decided, you know, we're not going to have you go there anymore. I'm not uh, a devout religious individual. 
But I do believe there is a fine balance in understanding moral values and how they stem from religion and understanding moral philosophies and their root in religion and things like that. I think they're important. I do. I imagine, uh, you know, when I grew up, we were not the wealthiest family, but we had Christmas. You know, we wake up and there'd be presents. We were not the richest family. I remember putting up candles and uh, putting on Christmas music. These are fond memories I have of childhood. And it's sad to see that these things were being gutted and attacked in this country. The family is the basis for a strong nation, a strong community, and a strong culture. Family. And we want strong family. Protecting children. We, we say some things kids should not see. But you can see moral degeneracy on the left. No limits, no bounds, attacking of children. And we've said this has gone too far. Have you seen the price of gold lately? It's hitting all-time highs. And when it comes to investing in gold, check out Noble Gold Investments. They have a track record of excellence that's second to none. Just look at their thousands of five-star reviews on Trustpilot, Google, and the Better Business Bureau. Customers rave about their knowledgeable staff, smooth investment process, and life-changing results, which you can see for yourself online. That's the kind of reputation you can count on. But it's not just about the reviews. Noble Gold Investments truly care about their clients. They take the time to understand your unique needs and goals, and they give expert guidance every step of the way. That level of personalized service is rare in this industry. Look, when it comes to securing your financial future, you can't afford to take chances. Go with the gold company that has earned the trust of countless investors. Visit noblegoldinvestments.com slash Pool today and discover why Noble Gold Investments is the only choice for smart, secure gold investments. Or call them at 877-646-5347. Again, that's 877-646-5347. So the future I see is not devout Christian or religious. It just has strong family connections and ties, strong moral values pertaining to protecting children and saying, we should not just expose every child to everything imaginable like gore and lewd and lascivious behavior. We let kids be kids. We teach them the values of hard work and meritocracy. And as they get older, they have an opportunity to understand the more dark side of life in this world. If the left were to win the culture war, it would be more extreme and just exposing kids to the most vile and graphic things. That's what they've been doing. But also the creepy cult-like behaviors. I'm not about that. I believe in enlightenment, strong moral philosophies, strong moral frameworks, and a true understanding of why we have these things. Not just blind faith. I'm not a fan. I'm a fan of truly asking the questions, navigating the system, and trying to figure out how and why we've done the things we have in the past, weeding out the bad, keeping the good. And there is so much good that comes from much of our moral traditions. Also, there were a lot of bad, but we've done away with those bad things and we continue to do so. The left would embrace the darkest elements and push them on us. That's not what I see right now in the culture war. That's not what I see right now with the, with the left and right. They say right wing, whatever you want to call it. There are libertarians, the Mises Caucus. There are disaffected liberals, where I probably fall. There are conservatives. We disagree on things like abortion, taxation, reach of government, borders, etc. But they call all of us right wing and conservative. Why? Because we don't agree with the psychotic death cult that seeks to burn down everything. And here's what matters. We are winning. Conservative boycotts, call it whatever you want, I don't care. 
We want to make sure we frame things in the way that matters most. So I will tell you this. The media will try and call all of this conservative for the sake of isolating us. But I'm not a conservative. And conservatives know this. Liberals, I shouldn't say liberals, cult members will call me a conservative. They'll call any disaffected liberal. They'll call any socialist, anyone who disagrees with their deranged death cult. They'll call them conservatives, right wing or shills or grifters. They can't call Jimmy Dore right wing so much because he's got socialist policies. So they call him a grifter. They'll say the same thing to me. But it's funny. In the end, we find that we are winning. Why? More and more people, even the Young Turks, are being pushed out into the wide open spaces of differing worldviews and opinions that disagree with the cult. In the long run, we are winning. And that's the point. Bud Light's collapse. Talk about that. Wow. I'll leave it there. Next segment's coming up at 1 p.m. in this channel. Thanks for hanging out, and I'll see you all then. Former Russian president Dmitry Medvedev said World War III was approaching. I know we've heard it quite a bit. And the problem is, as more and more people warn about World War III, yet no one actually feels any direct consequences, people start to feel like, you know what, maybe it won't happen. That's not how I feel. I feel like maybe we're in it. Because the one thing I often mention when it comes to news happening all around us is that context is not readily apparent to all of us, at least historically, until history is written. That is to say, in about 50 years, they may look back on this and say, this was the moment. Potentially the shot heard round the world. According to Bloomberg, Joe Biden said Ukraine in NATO is going to happen. However, the more nuanced approach to what they're saying is that right now, they're not going to be admitting Ukraine into NATO, but the path exists. Just keep doing your thing. I don't know if Vladimir Putin takes it seriously. What he may be hearing, and anybody who's actually assessing the conflict right now may be hearing is, we're going to dangle the carrot in front of you, Ukraine. Keep fighting the fight so we don't have to, but we'll give you weapons. You guys are the cannon fodder. But trust us, if you win, maybe you'll be in NATO. Perhaps. It may also be that Ukraine would be in NATO were it not for fear of dramatic escalation. It depends on what Vladimir Putin is hearing or thinking based on what the U.S. is doing. Now, I think it's always fair to point out I am not access. I do not have access to private information pertaining to war or anything like that. So the reality is what Joe Biden knows, what the State Department knows versus what Russia knows, dramatically different from what we think we know. So, you know, in reality, Everything I'm about to say may be completely meaningless because something else entirely could be happening. For all we know, the conflict in Ukraine is a distraction and the actual war front is happening somewhere else. Not entirely sure. For all we know, Vladimir Putin is actively arming nuclear weapons for full scale warfare. We don't know. Or maybe it's all one big distraction. All I can say is based off of the cursory information available to us through the media, which again is not top secret information. It appears that we are inching ever closer to World War Three. I know some people have already said we're in it. I think the Pope said something like that. But now we have a former Russian president saying exactly that. The most worrying thing about this is this tweet from Walter Walter Bloomberg. Typically he's posting Bloomberg headlines before they hit the mainstream press. Biden, Ukraine in NATO is going to happen. Assuming that's true, that is basically Joe Biden saying to Vladimir Putin, prepare for war. 
If Ukraine join, uh, if Ukraine does join NATO, that means Russia will be actively engaged in warfare with NATO. Now, I think for the most part, Russia already believes that. But this is a more public statement, which will put pressure on Russia and Russia's allies, which could theoretically bring China into the fray. Worse still, if the U.S. is is caught in this conflict, China could move on Taiwan and then the cascade effect hits. People keep saying to me, Tim, we have a treaty with Ukraine. We have to come to their defense. We have a treaty with a lot of countries. And are we going to come to the defense of every single country if every country is embroiled in warfare? Yeah, it kind of sounds like World War One, doesn't it? So if China sees an opportunity to take Taiwan because the U.S. is occupied, then what? Is the U.S. going to rush to the defense of all of the all of the nations we have treaties with in the in South in the South China Sea area in the Pacific? Yeah, I think we'd have to, wouldn't we, based on that logic? So what do you do? I don't think there is a reality in which the U.S. does nothing. I just don't see it being possible. I don't see a historical context where major world powers invade and declare war and other world powers say, leave us out of this, especially with the track record of the United States. Now, war isn't all bad that within good, there is bad within bad, there is good. But I typically think war is bad. But conflict is a component of of the world. And some people have said you've got to look at the positive effects of conflict because sometimes you are stopping bad people. Now, I, I think it's funny. Norm Macdonald said uh, he had that funny joke. He looked back back through history and found the good guys won every war. How awesome is that? But the reality is wars are often fought for reasons that are not so simple, not just good or evil, but sometimes bad things are stopped by war. It's like asking whether or not someone should engage in a firefight with someone taking hostages. And it's like, well, we don't want a shootout, but we want to save hostages and stop these evil people once and for all so they don't do it again. And we have different worldviews. And war happens. Here's the story from the Daily Mail. World War Three is approaching. Putin's ranting ally warns the completely mad West risks a third world war by supporting Ukraine. The former Russian president has claimed Dmitry Medvedev, now deputy chairman of Russia's Security Council and a Putin ally, said World War Three was fast approaching and the Russian invasion of Ukraine would continue. It comes as Ukrainian President Volodymyr Zelensky welcomed new G7 security commitments to the country, but warned it could not be substituted for NATO membership. Mr. Medvedev said the completely mad West has failed to invent anything else. In fact, it's a dead end. World War Three is approaching. What does all this mean for us? Everything is obvious. The special military operation will continue with the same goals. Yikes. In a statement echoed by the White House, the UK government said, the joint declaration expected to be signed by all members of the G7 will set out how allies will continue, will support Ukraine over the coming years to end the war and deter and respond to any future attack. Prime Minister Rishi Sunak added, as Ukraine makes strategic progress in their counteroffensive, the degradation of Russian forces begins to infect Putin's front line. We are stepping up our formal arrangements to protect Ukraine for the long term. Now, depending on who you're talking to, depending on the source you're reading, you're going to hear two different stories. In one view, Russia is winning, albeit not without some significant losses, but they are not losing. In the West, they say Russia is getting crushed. <clears throat> but it's funny because Russia has been getting crushed for so long, you'd think by now they'd have lost. 
There have been some incursions into Russian territory, and that is particularly worrying. But it does seem like either way, it's not ending anytime soon. And with U.S. making assurances to NATO that they will. I'm sorry, assurances to Ukraine, they will join NATO. It seems like, yeah, the only outcome is going to be World War Three, unless. Unless we see Donald Trump get elected president, and I mean it. There's a there's something for your headlines. Vote Trump, avoid World War Three. Oh, I'll break that down. I'll tell you why. CNN reports assurances that Ukraine's future is in NATO and new security guarantees calm worries at final day of summit. Well, the article basically says the U.S. NATO is telling Ukraine, hold off. You're not getting into NATO just yet. They are assuring them that path exists and it's going to happen. Trump, of course, is concerned that this is dragging all of us into World War Three, particularly by sending cluster bombs into Ukraine. Yeah, he's right. Plus, you've got um, what was it? Uh, the UK sending those tank busters, those depleted uranium tank busters, which Russia has already said is nuclear warfare. You see where this is going. Russia reportedly uses cluster bombs. The West says, hey, that's that's potentially a war crime. Then the West says, OK, fine, we're going to use cluster bombs. The West is sending depleted uranium tank busters. Russia says that's a nuclear weapon. You know, that goes. And you know why they're saying it? Because Russia won't just back off and lose this one. They'll escalate to nuclear war. And that's where we're at. Former President Donald Trump ripped Biden for his decision to send Ukraine cluster bombs and claimed Biden was dragging the U.S. into World War Three. Joe Biden should not be dragging us further toward, toward World War Three by sending cluster munitions to Ukraine. He should be trying to end the war and stop the horrific death and destruction being caused by an incompetent administration. These unexploded cluster munitions will be killing and maiming innocent Ukrainian men, women and children for decades to come. Long after the war, we pray, has ended, Trump said in a statement Tuesday. And that's the big fear about cluster bombs. When the bombs go off and it's basically a whole bunch of smaller bombs get released, many of them don't detonate. Later on in the future, people accidentally set them off. There are still undetonated bombs from World War II, uh, I believe. I watched one video a long time about time ago about some kid in the Pacific Northwest who found an undetonated bomb and was throwing rocks at it and it blew up. Crazy stories, man. Yeah, Japan was sending these bombs. What they would do is they would strap bombs to balloons that would be carried through the jet stream and then they would land on the U.S. Isn't that crazy? Biden announced last week his decision to send cluster munitions to Ukraine and has received criticism from factions of both parties as a result. Biden has said it was a difficult but necessary decision to make in light of the rapid depleting stockpiles of unitary munitions in Ukraine and around the world. Some allies who have hesitated to fully back the decision have still stressed the importance of the agreement with Ukraine to minimize civilian risk. Let me tell you what I think is going to happen next. I think it is entirely possible you will see biological and chemical weapons being used in Ukraine. Maybe less so biological, because you won't know for sure. Chemical weapons, yes. A chemical weapon will hit a certain area. The West will say Russia just gassed the people of Ukraine. Russia will say the West gassed people of Ukraine. And your guess is as good as mine as to who's telling the truth. Oh, I know. As Americans, we're supposed to just blindly believe the U.S., but come on. My point is this. The U.S. has criticized the use of cluster munitions. Now the U.S. is sending those same types of cluster munitions. A chemical weapon may be an effective means of stopping a particular military force, but no side will take credit for doing so. 
They'll say something as simple as the Russians used it, but oh boy, it backfired. When in reality, it may have been the West that did it. You had the dam that blew up in Ukraine. Russia said the West did it. The West said Russia did it. That's going to be the game the entire way through. The Nord Stream pipeline, which is Russia's pipeline, blew up. The West said Russia blew it up. Russia said the West blew it up. Now, why would Russia blow up its own pipeline? There's good reason. There really is. I'm not kidding. To blame the West. It's called a false flag attack. Russia may have detonated its own pipeline to make it seem like, well, we wouldn't blow up our own pipeline. Blame the West. Rally support in Russia for more people to join the war effort. Or perhaps the West blew up their pipeline to maximize Western control over energy in Europe. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Don't know, man. I don't know. What I can say is it really does seem like World War III is fast approaching. Now, I said just a moment ago that Donald Trump will be the man to prevent this, and I believe he's our best chance. I really do. Vivek Ramaswamy probably also has a great chance of stopping it. But let's be real. As much as I really think Vivek is the smartest guy on the stage right now, I don't see him winning a a general election. I'm just a realist. And, you know, I even said this to him. I'm like, look, let's just be authentic, right? I despise watching some interview with a candidate nobody thinks is going to win. I don't. There's two things I don't like. Telling someone you can't win, it's impossible. Get out of here. That's stupid. No, you really can. Vivek obviously can win and he has to try as hard as possible and he can't be a downer. But I think there's a reality. Many people don't expect him to win, but I believe his presence on the debate stage, I mean, both figuratively and literally him here uh, uh, providing his worldview is a net positive. I don't see him winning. And so I've got to say that I do. I just I've, I've grown up watching his interviews where it's like, Come on, man. Does anybody really expect this person to win? We can't maintain that defeatist attitude, though. So my point is this. Vivek, I do believe, can end the war. And he laid out his plan. Dividing parts of Ukraine, giving Russia, effectively giving Russia the Donbass region, creating this division, much like we saw with Korea. Many people believe this may be the ultimate outcome. But Russia has to give up some concessions as well. Vivek says they must end their military alliance with China. And then we'll split Ukraine. Donald Trump said something similarly. And I believe that the moment Donald Trump is elected, the war ends. I'm not kidding. I said this before, too. Literally, without a word, when the media reports next, not this year, but the next year's November in the election, the projected winner of this presidential election is Donald J. Trump. Assuming that happens, I'm not saying it will. The fighting stops for two reasons. Ukraine knows They're going to have to retreat and show up their defenses because Trump will not be providing them with weapons. And Russia knows with this retreat, they're going to be able to fortify their current positions and Trump will negotiate a peace treaty to end the war. The response from liberals on the left is that Trump is giving Putin everything he wants, which is the stupidest, most childish view. Not every liberal and leftist is saying the same thing. I know I'm just saying when I've argued this, they say, what, you just let Putin take the land? Here's your here's your opportunity to end a war and prevent World War Three. And it's called retreat. 
This idea that we can never retreat is insane. Retreat is often the appropriate response. You know, I'll give a shout out to uh, Nate Silver, who as of right now is in like 100th place in the World Series of Poker. But uh, I love the poker analogies. Imagine never folding. Imagine being like, you're looking at your cards, you know they're bad, and being like, nope, I'm going to put all my chips on this one. You don't need to understand poker to get the, to get the metaphor, okay, or analogy, whichever. It's that sometimes you know you've lost, and you've got to stop throwing good money after bad. And that's where we're at in Ukraine. You think World War III, or at the very least some kind of major international conflict with nuclear weapons, bioweapons, chemical weapons, cluster bombs, that's your preferred outcome? My view is this. Russia wants the Donbass. They want the land bridge to Crimea, so they have access to the Black Sea. Okay, we draw that line there. And we say, that's all you get. And you know what? Maybe these liberals and leftists are right. When they say Russia will agree to it, stockpile ammunition, and then march again. Perhaps. But at a certain point, you just got to be like, yo, we're not winning this one. There's only escalation. You've got to see what Russia has behind the line. Nuclear weapons, chemical weapons, bioweapons, an an alliance with China. We are not right now. We are looking at bad circumstances with Ukraine and the potential for very serious escalation, which we can't win. Oh, I mean, like you can win after completely destroying majority of your resources, but there's also a strong possibility you lose. So what's the best outcome? We are not Ukraine, so I'm sorry for Ukraine. But if preventing World War III means we split Ukraine in half, okay, sure. Now, I'll tell you, honestly, it's not my call to make. It isn't. But we can, at the very least, tell Ukraine we're not going to give you weapons anymore. We're not going to supply you with weapons. And Russia, so long as you stop here and the fighting ceases, this is where we end. I think the moment Donald Trump gets elected, Vladimir Putin knows two things. He's going to get some assurances. Ukraine will not be entering NATO. But he also knows that Donald Trump can be a bit of a madman. And there's that famous line for Trump, which is actually kind of terrifying to me, but I get it, where he's saying Xi Jinping and Vladimir Putin were warned. He said to Putin, if you go into Ukraine, I will nuke Moscow. And he said to Xi Jinping, if you take Taiwan, I will nuke, what did he say, Beijing. And he was like, now, I don't know if they actually believe it, but if there's that 5% chance, it keeps them on their toes, doesn't it? Because Donald Trump might actually do it. It's a scary thought. Trump's persona as this angry, brash madman. Yeah, it makes Vladimir Putin think twice. And it's funny. Because the left argues in, to defend the Democrats. They're like, the reason Putin didn't invade Ukraine when Trump was president was because Trump was giving him everything he wanted. What was that? Trump sent weapons to Ukraine. What was he giving him? What was it? Oh, clearing out ISIS, getting U.S. forces out of the Middle East. That was giving Putin everything he wanted. U.S. imperialistic nation building ending. Yeah, let's play this game. Vladimir Putin obviously wants resources from the Middle East, as does China. China is already moving into Afghanistan. There were ways for the U.S. to handle Middle Eastern conflict, not in the way the Democratic and neocon establishment had been doing. ISIS was horrifying. And you know what? It's the fault of the West 
for doing a terrible job in dealing with ISIS. But here's the reality. Syria was an ally of Russia. When these psychotic terroristic groups rose up to destroy, to subvert the power of Syria, the U.S. was like, hey, look at this. Something that benefits us because we oppose Assad. The enemy of my enemy is my friend. Russia has a naval base in Tartus in Syria. So Syria falling was a major problem for Russia. ISIS was a major problem for Russia. So what what does Donald Trump do? Decimates ISIS. And Russia says, hey, look, man, we'll take it. All right. Leave us our military base. Stop allowing our ally to be crushed. So what do you get? At this point, Russia sees in Trump, not the enemy of my enemy, but he says, or I'm sorry, I'm sorry, he sees the enemy of my enemy and says, I got to hold back on this. ISIS being crushed is a good thing for our interests and the world's interests, and it's the right thing to do. The fascinating thing with how NATO operates is that they have this disgusting neoliberal liberal world order worldview. It's just horrible. I don't think the West has a good worldview either, but they don't like NATO and what NATO does, NATO expansionism, and this creepy woke encroachment. It doesn't mean there's a lot of people who seem to believe that they believe that Russia is somehow this uh, anti-woke bastion. No, far from perfect. But certainly our odds, I'm sorry, our issues and our worldviews are not aligned. But I think for most Americans, we don't agree with the NATO worldview either. So Russia might be saying, you know what, under Trump, we'll take what we can get. And that prevents World War Three. So you know what, I got to be honest. I'll take that as well. I'll take it as well. There's no guarantees. We don't know for sure. All I know is that World War Three is not the desired outcome. And right now, what we're seeing with Western expansion and conflict and Biden's assurances, they're basically just saying, Vladimir Putin, prepare for war. I don't want it. I don't want it. I don't want to be so naive to think that allowing Russia and China to expand is a good thing. But I don't see how World War Three is the desired outcome. Perhaps it is like the overgrowth in a forest that if properly managed, war can be prevented. But perhaps we are naive in thinking that massive growing global interests can avoid war. So I don't know. All I can really say is take care of yourself, get ready for the worst, hope for the best. But it's time, in my opinion, to become more self-sufficient. Excuse me. I'll leave it there. Next segment is coming up at 4 p.m. on this channel. Thanks for hanging out and I'll see you all then. And it all bears repeating. Thank you all so much. You guys rock. This is a major, major moment for the parallel economy, for independent films, and for pushing back on the woke establishment. Jim Caviezel thriller Sound of Freedom knocks Insidious from the number one spot Monday. That's right. Ladies and gentlemen, Sound of Freedom was number one. There it is. All the naysayers, all the anger, all the lies, all the manipulations wasn't enough to stop your push for something you believed in. So as I said, it bears repeating. I want to make sure for anybody who doesn't, uh, who, who doesn't know or didn't hear what, what I've had to say and what others have had to say gets the, the general gist of the importance of this film before we get into the big news about it. And uh, uh, we've got a response from the filmmakers to the people calling it QAnon and insulting it. The first thing is, it's a great movie. Seriously, it is a good movie. It will 
You know, I, I, I watch movies all the time. Every night I'm watching a different movie or a different show or something. And very rarely am I moved emotionally. The intro to this film is, is one of the most powerful. You'll get a, you, you will get, you will feel, I'll tell you that, is moving. I loved it. I thought it was a fantastic film. I was, uh, uh, I was uh, enthralled the whole time sitting there on the edge of my seat. A fantastic film. That's the first reason you should go see it. The second reason is that it matters. It's about child trafficking. It's based on a true story. It's made by an independent studio that are trying to highlight a very, very important real, real world issue, which leads us into the third most important reason to go see this. We need to support studios that are outside of the establishment and Hollywood so that there is political and cultural market competition. And this is the biggest victory yet. It is not a religious film. It is not faith based. It is a regular movie, but they're attacking it in this way because they're trying to otherize it. They want regular people to be like, I don't want to go see a Christian movie, but it's not. It's just a, a law enforcement movie. You know, I tell people like, you ever watch Law, law and Order SVU? Watch this movie. It's like that, but 10 times better. It is about law enforcement trying to rescue kids. And SVU has been on the air for like 20 something. I don't, I don't know if it's still on the air. I think it is. But it's been on the air for decades. People love that stuff. So when I see this film, I'm like, this is awesome. It hits the nail on the head. Real world important issue. Independent studio. That's why we should support it. And of course, the media comes after it because they're creepy. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. And I think maybe, maybe because many of them have uh, strange predilections for children. Yahoo Entertainment says Stony, Sony Stage 6 Films Blumhouse is insidious may have stolen number one from Indiana, Indiana Jones at the weekend box office, but Angel Studios Sound of Freedom won Monday with four million bucks. Take a look at this. They say Red Door was second with $3.5 million at 3,188 locations. Guess what? Sound of Freedom is at, I think, two, around 2,600 locations. So less locations, more money, number one. Man, read it and weep industry. They say many are amazed by Sound of Freedom as an indie film from an indie distributor breaking through the box office. Ticket sales have been fueled by right wing groups and Angel Studios has stoked its faith based core base, blah, blah, blah. Let me tell you something. I am not Christian and I am not conservative. I, for the most part, are anti am anti-establishment. That's really what unites me with many other individuals. The corporate multinational oligopoly is trash and they've got revolving door policies of the government. It is hilarious to see that as more and more people start to wake up to the corruption of the machine, regardless of their political views, they just call all of it right wing groups. OK, if by right wing you mean anti-establishment, so you're getting pro-choice individuals, fine, call it whatever you want. It's not working. And, and hopefully videos like this reach regular people and convince them to go see what is just generally a good thriller that is going to move you. If this was like a three, if, if, if this was this, this uh, uh, Sound of Freedom was made into like an eight episode miniseries, it would be like Game of Thrones level number one. Everybody would be cheering for it. Hollywood is in terms of like production quality and story. The issue is it's made by an indie indie company 
So they have to try and destroy it. I think that is the real issue. Take a look at this from TimCast.com. Man who inspired Sound of Freedom responds to critics calling the film QAnon. It's embarrassing and frankly grotesque. The funny thing is the film was made before the Q internet stuff was actually going on, but it was blocked. They couldn't release it. Tim Ballard, the focal point of the indie film Sound of Freedom, hit back at critics, panning the movie as a QAnon film. Sound of Freedom is inspired by Ballard's experience rescuing trafficked children through Operation Underground Railroad, which Ballard founded in 2013. The film depicts his previous work with the Department of Homeland Security on the International Crimes Against Children Task Force and a subsequent 2014 sting operation with the OUR, uh, I believe it's the um, Operation Underground Railroad in Cartagena, Colombia. Dude, it is awesome, this movie. And there's real world footage like in the credits in the intro. Ballard formed OUR out of frustration with DHS's efforts to rescue trafficked children in foreign nations. Ballard responded to a critic during a Monday appearance on Fox and Friends. Host Brian Kilmeade played a clip from a Friday CNN segment in which author Mike Rothschild referred to the film's creation as a result of a moral panic. Quote, they're created out of bogus stats. They're created out of fear with something like Sound of Freedom. It specifically is looking at QAnon concepts of these child trafficking rings that are run by these high level elites and only people like Tim Ballard or people like Jim Caviezel and by extension, only people like the ticket buyer can help bring these trafficking rings down. I think of the children that are really depicted in that film. I know what happened to them, Ballard said. Those children were the subjects of child rape videos. Those children were being sold for sex. These people are nuts. These, 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 these criticisms are insane. This film was made before QAnon. This issue has been going on for a long time. Epstein was arrested. Maxwell's in jail. And they're still trying to act like we don't know what these people were doing. But you know what? I'll tell you why they're scared. They're scared that client list is going to get out. The client list will be released. And oh boy, I wonder whose name is on that. I got no fear there. I'm just some dude who complains on the internet. I'm not some powerful politician who flew on a plane with someone like Epstein. Just some dude in his room complaining to a camera who has no problem saying, we know what Epstein was doing. It is not a conspiracy theory. It is a conspiracy fact. And so all of you who tried to shut that down, who are now screaming and panic and fear saying, no, we can't let anybody look into this, makes me wonder about where you were. You ever go to a party on a private island? Makes me wonder. I don't know who was involved because they won't release the client list. But Maxwell is in jail. So I can only assume there are many powerful interests that are terrified of what will come out if that list is released. And so when you get someone like Tim Ballard and you get a film like this that speaks to a general problem, why would anybody, any, anyone be upset by it? Everyone should agree. It's a good film. It's a good thing that people are calling this out. But boy, are they scared, aren't they? Let me tell you about some of the issues we're seeing. Take a look at this. Sound of Freedom viewers forced to evacuate movie theater video shows. Now, I don't know why. This could be nothing. It could be a coincidence. Social media rumors suggest there's something going on at movie theaters showing new film Sound of Freedom with people allegedly being forced from their seats for various reasons. The latest example to go viral online shows a woman claiming that a theater full of people was evacuated without explanation and weren't allowed to go back and finish watching the movie. Interesting. It's the latest in a number of accounts of people supposedly being suppressed from watching Sound of Freedom. On Monday, TikTok user isn't isn't she a daisy shared a 48 second video, which went viral. 
So I've been seeing all over TikTok that people are going to watch the movie Sound of Freedom and these weird things are happening like random emergency evacuations, the air conditioning not working and having to leave the theater. The TikTok you just said in a voiceover seemingly shot in a cinema lobby. And I thought, no, that's probably just something that's happening in other theaters and other places. So I took me and my daughters to go watch Sound of Freedom today. About a half an hour, about an hour and 20 minutes into the movie, we get a random emergency evacuation. None of the staff knows what's going on. The mall wasn't being evacuated, just the theater. The TikTok user says she got her money refunded with no explanation, adding, but I guess you can call me a conspiracy theorist. Fact. That money refund? It ain't going to those final numbers. It makes you wonder, doesn't it? There's no clear indicators the, the video was shot recently, nor any evidence that it was shot during Sound of Freedom. So maybe it's people lying on the internet, for real, trying to jump up viral stories. But you know what? The only thing that matters is whether it's true or not, you go see the movie. And I will say it. Maybe you don't care for the subject matter. Maybe you don't care for the viral whatever that's going on. Let's support the parallel economy. Why don't you guys also buy Anthem beef jerky? If you're into jerky, you know, I don't know, it's a food item, so talk to your doctor or whatever. Why don't you buy carnivore snacks? Carnivore snacks is across the table. But these are, these are snacks that I got on the Public Square app. That's what it's all about, baby. Download Public Square. You will find companies that share the values, uh, traditional American values, family values, personal, responsi- uh, abil- personal responsibility, meritocracy, etc. We don't all agree on every single issue. But I agree that market competition is the best way to improving this country. Political competition, cultural competition. I want to see this movie succeed. It's number one. It's number one. We did it. Is it a billion dollar film? No, come on. It's an indie thriller. It's not a blockbuster, you know, superhero flick or something like that. But the virality, it's freaking them out. The powers that be who are running these big media studios and these marketing companies know that they're losing touch. And new competition is emerging. It's going to shatter their monopoly. Let's make more of this. Let's see more movies succeed. Dude, right on Jim Caviezel, Tim Ballard, Angel Studios, slam dunk on this one. Don't let anybody hold you back. Go see this film. I'll leave it there. Next segment's coming up at 6 p.m. on this channel. Thanks for hanging out, and I'll see you all then. I am not a number two guy. DeSantis says he won't be Trump's VP. Trump camp responds, DeSantis isn't anybody's guy. Yo, it's an interesting story. Ron DeSantis, the up and coming young star of the Republican Party, set to displace Trump, and then he just ran his campaign into the ground. That doesn't mean that Ron DeSantis is down and out. It is still very, very early. But if you look at the latest polls and prediction market numbers, it's only getting worse. And DeSantis is about to drop out of the 20 cent range from 35 as Vivek Ramaswamy skyrockets in the prediction markets. At one point, Everybody was saying Trump DeSantis. That was the winning ticket. Then DeSantis decided he was going to be president, not vice president. Then his team made a bunch of PR blunders. And instead of addressing them and trying to improve, his fans and supporters started attacking everyone online and insulting them. It's the weirdest thing I've ever seen. Maybe not. I'm exaggerating a little bit, being a little hyperbolic, but it is very, very strange. Ron DeSantis trying to win a presidential campaign off of inauthenticity and vile supporter behavior. Look, I'm going to criticize DeSantis where he deserves to be criticized. I'm going to praise him where he deserves to be praised. Best politician on the Republican Party side, hands down, no question. And there's nothing you could really say about that. The policy in Florida, near perfect. Eh, Not really perfect, but he did a really, really great job. And I have tremendous respect for it. 
But man, does the dude not know how to run a presidential campaign? And does he have the most vile supporters? Not all of his supporters. I'm talking about the vile ones of the people who are extremely vile and toxic. Many of them happen to be supporters of DeSantis. They've got tens of thousands to hundreds of thousands of followers, and they just mercilessly attack and insult and snarkily deride people who have any criticism of Ron DeSantis. For this reason, I think he's done. I mean, at least for now, it's really, really bad. He could recover, but for now, it's really bad. The Post-Millennial reports, Florida Governor Ron DeSantis stated he would not be interested in being Trump's running mate if given the opportunity. In an interview with Wisconsin Right Now radio show, DeSantis stated that he sees himself as a leader and not a number two. He expressed his preference to continue serving as governor, emphasizing that the vice presidency lacks real authority. Interesting. When asked about his own thoughts on selecting a running mate, running mate, sorry, DeSantis dismissed the idea as premature, stating that it's too early in the process to be considering such matters. He emphasized the importance of winning early primaries as his primary focus at this stage. As his primary focus. I love it. Notably, DeSantis has recently intensified his criticism of Trump. During an appearance on the Mark Belling show, he criticized both President Joe Biden and Trump for their inability to win over suburban women. In response to DeSantis's comments, a spokesperson from the Trump campaign dismissed the governor's remarks. Ron DeSantis isn't anybody's guy. He's not the guy. He's just a guy. Ron is just there. Sullivan said, because his numbers are as tiny as him. Oof, Stephen Chung said. Despite his reservations about being Trump's running mate, DeSantis stated that he would support the eventual Republican nominee, even if it turns out to be Trump. Trump continues to maintain a considerable lead. Let's talk about it. Interactive polls has the numbers. This was posted yesterday morning. 2024 morning consult presidential poll. Biden v. Trump. Biden is up by one. Biden v. DeSantis. Biden is up five. Seriously? You know, I was talking about Florida. And in the Florida polls, DeSantis has a considerable advantage over Joe Biden. That matters. Florida is an important state. But with Donald Trump, Trump was leading Biden by 10 points, DeSantis by 13 points. So it's negligible. If nationally, according to Morning Consult, Ron DeSantis can't get anywhere close to Trump, why would we go for DeSantis? You know, for a while, it was looking really good for Ron. And then what I think happened is he got the worst PR team doubled down on their failures, let them run amok and burn his campaign to the ground. He could potentially recover this, but we'll see. I, I, I can't believe this drop off. Predicted prediction markets now have Donald Trump at 61 cents and DeSantis at 20 cents. Vivek Ramaswamy, nine cents in third place in the prediction markets. That's amazing. Vivek's message is moving far and wide. Vivek is authentic. He is willing to to address people directly. He is willing. He, he had a protester screaming at him. He said, say your piece, say your piece, speak because he's not afraid. And he addresses these issues as honestly as possible. And I'm really, really impressed with it. When he said on my show, he thinks perhaps that there needs to be some civic responsibility in exchange for the right to vote or for the ability to vote. And I was like, wow, that's a bold statement. He elaborated on it later and got attacked for it. He didn't care. He's like, it's the right thing to say. He's not going to lie to you about it. That's what he believes. I, I Tremendous respect for it. Take a look at this. We can take a look at the last. Let's take a look at the last 90 days. You can see Vivek popping up around the end of June and doing very well. 
peaking at uh, he's at currently he's at he's what is it nine cents in the in, as of today massive jump. But look at Ron DeSantis. Ron DeSantis is collapsing. Man, I'll show this chart over and over and over again. And I think the reason he's collapsing is partly because of his base. And his base is indicative of the people he surrounds himself with. He should have course corrected as soon as the first downswing happened. You're looking at mid-June. Bat, he, he, hit a good, a, he had a good hit. 35 cents in the prediction markets. His, his, his peak previously saw 35 in May. And then when he started fl- floundering, making flubs and mistakes, the advice he must have been given and his decisions started going down. Let me show you an example. Adam Townsend tweeted, DeSantis super PAC never backed down, hit with abandonment as New Hampshire, Iowa, South Carolina have had a large drop off in organizers and new volunteers at its training hub in Des Moines. Trained and dispatched ones are not showing up for canvassing, door knocking, phone banking. I don't know if that's true. I am not here to report that it's true. I'm here to show you the, re- the response. So Adam Townsend, hears a rumor or maybe a source has told him this information. So he tweets it. Max Alago, who is a diehard for DeSantis, who has been accused of actually being someone working on the DeSantis campaign. I don't know. Maybe not. Said bad sign for Trump team for Team Trump when they feel the need to make this kind of thing up. Panicking. Oh, it is so insufferable. Panicking. OK, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry. Oh, a book club. Computer solitaire. Huh? Ah. Oh. Sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Here you go. Adam Townsend said, when have I expressed my preference? For the record, I did this in defense of negative press Ron DeSantis was getting. As far as making things up, you know I am correct. I think the campaign has plenty of opportunity to self-correct, and I genuinely hope it does. Adam Townsend addresses this, saying, I have never indicated my preference for any other Republican candidates. I stick to campaign technicals. My issue is Republicans, Democrats, and Indies need a vehicle for dissent. I believe the DeSantis campaign appears to be engineered to suppress that and not let it express itself. If you think I have been unfair to DeSantis, share with me instances. I genuinely hope the DeSantis campaign and it's allied packs self-correct, but this cannot happen without that demand. Beyond that, it is not wrong of me to observe and share my opinions based on the merits. So either A, you want your candidate to win and to be responsive to people who would like to see the campaign progress, or you don't. Here's why I bring this up. I don't know if it's true, but you can see the response Adam has given to his opinion statement on what he believes is happening, whether it's true or true or not. Toxic individuals attack him and call him Team Trump. In fact, I believe the response was when he was like, when have I expressed a preference? Max Alago says, I'm not accusing you specifically of making it up. Someone made it up, though. Did they? He says, please note this post as well. I wanted people to read the SCOTUS ruling, and I even turned it into an audiobook, and I realized the perception of being profoundly anti-abortion and being weaponized against conservatives and targeted at RDS in particular. This is the issue I have with Ron DeSantis, I will tell you, his policy is excellent. Florida, wonderful. COVID policy was done right. Domestic policy on culture war issues, parental rights, masterfully done. But why can't he get his messaging right? Ron lacks charisma. Fact. If you can't accept it, 
he deserves to lose. If Ron can't accept it, he deserves to lose. And it appears that Ron has been unwilling and unable to accept that he has a messaging problem. His fans are unwilling to accept it. They respond to this point by saying, but policy matters more. I never said it did or didn't. I, in fact, said his policy was masterful. It was amazing. I really like it. I'd vote for him. However, I dropped off the DeSantis uh, trail when he put out those deep fakes. And at first I said, just get rid of him. Say it was a mistake. We won't do it again. And then I'd love to come around and be like, okay, DeSantis is back on the list. No, he won't do it. He won't. For all the mistakes he makes, he ignores them. And for that reason, he does not deserve my vote. Vivek Ramaswamy, who I've said I would consider voting for in the primary, addresses all of these issues and just approaches them. He doesn't run from them. The dude's fantastic. I love that in a politician. He's not really a politician, but he will be soon if he gets elected, right? Trump has his problems too. Trump can be really annoying. Trump lies about stuff. It's true. At least Trump is going to fire people, even if it's only one. I genuinely believe we'll get some firing. I think Ron DeSantis will go in and negotiate and try and compromise. You can appreciate that or not. But this is the most frustrating thing. He's got high profile individuals surrounding him, DeSantis does. And when you criticize something he does that's wrong, they attack you for it, insult you, call you stupid. I actually had his campaign staff tweeting at me and insulting me for pointing out some issues relating to Florida. Okay, count me out, man. You guys are like whiny babies who can't handle the heat of the kitchen. Sorry, I don't care if you're mad or you're going to unsub or you call it DeSantis derangement syndrome. You guys have, have like, I'm talking about the violence. There are reasonable people I've talked about DeSantis. I have friends supporting DeSantis. But man, these real vile people just cannot see what's happening around them. And I warn you, if you keep this up, you will lose. Next segment's coming up in a few minutes. Stick around and I'll see you all shortly. In this video posted by Clown World, it's a a TikTok from Funny Marco. A man, a black man wearing a Trump hat is confronted by some dude who gets in his face, starts insulting him and then smacks the hat off his head. I want to play this video. It's only about 58 seconds long and you can't really hear much, but I'll play it. So you got this guy. Let me let me put the headphones on so I can hear this better. The black man with the hat on says, what's wrong with me supporting Trump? This dude was following this dude around Starbucks because he got him a Trump hat. He says, tell me something he's, and it sounds like he's saying he's done for us. Getting real. He's done a lot for us. And then the guy with the hat on says, look, man, it's just a hat. I'm paraphrasing because you can't really make out what they're saying. But let's 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 uh, let's jump ahead. Eventually, the guy says, what are you going to do about it? He says, I'm not taking off my hat. And the guy rips it off his head and throws it on the ground. Let me let me do this first. What is Trump? Uh, Trump? Trump? What is Trump? What has Trump done for us? Abraham Accords. Crushing ISIS. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know you're saying I don't live in the Middle East. I don't care about that stuff. These things can prevent war. Pulling our troops out of Afghanistan and Syria. I'm sorry. The deadline for Afghanistan. Joe Biden kind of screwed that one up. Getting our troops out of Syria. Hmm, that's a pretty good one. Bring in some of our uh, uh, our service men and women. 
home. How about working to secure our border, reinforcing problem areas on the border with triple layer uh, uh, bollard fencing? Not a big, beautiful wall from sea to shining sea. I'm sorry, but we got some secured, uh, some areas secured. Maybe you don't, maybe that's not good enough. How about bringing back manufacturing to Michigan? The auto manufacturers who invested $3 billion back in the area. How about the best numbers of our lives? So claimed Jim Cramer. And that guy's not got a good track record. Trump is not perfect. Trump did a lot of dumb things. Trump did not succeed in every direction. But to say he didn't do anything for us is insane. People were talking about 2019 making more money than it ever made. But here's the real point here. You know, this guy's minding his own business. It's just some dude wearing a hat. Leave him alone. And sure enough, this, 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 this Trump derangement syndrome guy walks up and basically attacks the guy. Look, I know, trying to be hyperbolic. All he did was rip the hat off his head. We don't know what happened after the fact. But the guy was just like, I'm not taking my hat off. Leave me alone. And this dude gets in his face and rips it off his head. Yeah, nah. Bro, don't do any of that. That's, that's, that's crazy. Here's the real point. The New York Times, they published this June 10th. Trump supporters' violent rhetoric in his defense disturbs experts. The former president's allies have portrayed the indictment as an act of war and called for retribution, which political violence experts say increases the risk of action. Are you kidding me? April 2nd, 2023, Trump supporters attacked with skateboards at rally in Orange County. I'm not going to sit here and pretend there's never been any cross violence. Proud Boys have fought Antifa. Trump supporters have fought other people. But the tendency for those who pay attention is the far left attacks everyone else. So here you have a video. And let's just put it this way. Far left rhetoric and the corporate narrative is putting Trump supporters at risk. It's true. This guy, let's, let's, let's play this game left. This is a black man minding his own business being attacked by a white man. Are you going to call this guy a Karen, get him arrested, get him fired from his job for attacking a black man? I didn't think so. They won't. Because it just so happens this black guy's wearing a Trump hat. These people claim that they oppose racism and all that stuff, but the reality is they don't care. They just want to use you, use these issues. And I've experienced it all too well. Yeah, I know I talk about it uh, every so often that I come from a mixed race family, South Side of Chicago. But the reason I bring it up is to make this point. When I'm at Occupy Wall Street and I'm just some random dude, they say, oh, but this is a perfect example, you know, mixed race, high school dropout. That the American dream isn't working for you. Two months later, cover of all these magazines or whatever, you know, winning awards. And they say he's just some white kid with a silver spoon in his mouth. They lie and they use race issues to bait people. The left demagogues, they go to minorities and say that group of people is the real problem. Really? That that racial group, that's what they do. The left goes to people and claim they claim it white privilege and white people because they're creating a scapegoat. Does the quote unquote right? Well, it depends. Who is the right? Is the right conservatives? Is the right white nationalists? Is the right libertarians? They lump all of it together, even though all of these groups disagree with each other because they're lying to you. They want to say that there's a singular group of people for all your problems, and it's just not true. I love to bring this point up. Choose the group of people you hate and you can figure out which group you belong to. Who do you think is responsible for all the wars? If you said the 1%, congratulations, you're an occupier. If you claim it was the Jews, congratulations, you're an anti-Semitic white nationalist type. And they make the same arguments. 
I'm not saying any one of these people are right or wrong. I'm saying, well, actually, I'm saying they're all wrong for the most part. There is no one group of people, one trait to identify what causes problems in the world because each individual is unique. I find it hilarious, especially with the uh, anti-Semitic groups when they're like, or I'll just, I'll just, I'll keep it as dry and as academic as possible. Groups that are very critical of Jewish people. I'm like, dude, all you're doing is arguing privilege. And I don't care for that argument. It's meaningless to me. How come so many people in Hollywood tend to be Jewish? I don't care. I literally don't. I just meaningless because I've worked for media companies that were run by white Irish guys who were billionaires. And the guys, I think the guy who runs Bank of America is a white Irish guy. It's just nonsense. You come to me and, and say there's a collective group of people that's a problem, be it white privilege, be it the 1%, be it this race or that. I'm just like, get out of here with that stuff, dude. You're not solving the problem of cultural failures, cult-like ideology by targeting someone on an immutable characteristic. It doesn't do anything for me. And this is what we see with the left. What, what do they say? White privilege, the woke people, white privilege. They blame white people for all their problems. Yo, it's white liberals that overwhelmingly push these beliefs. So you know what? Fine. Maybe they're right because they themselves are causing all these problems and they. But no, of course, it's not true because then you've got conservatives who don't agree with this. But white liberals, man, they push this crackpot stuff. They get violent. Look at this. It's a video of an anti-Trump guy attacking a black man. That's not OK, but it has nothing to do with race. Don't attack random people because he's wearing a hat. This kind of stuff is going to ramp up. And this is just the first step. This is the open door. In the next year or so, we are going to see more and more of it. Why? Because we saw it in 2015, 2016. We saw it in 2019, 2020. We saw it in 2021. And they keep putting out this narrative. They claim it's Trump supporters that are the bad ones. It's the right. Look, man, let me tell you a story. Some Proud Boys were hanging out in New York. Gavin McInnes gave a speech. Antifa surrounds the, the blocks around the building and harasses people. Eventually, people on the right say, screw that and run towards them. Fight breaks out. People on the right, the Proud Boys filmed it. It was mutual combat, right? Still illegal. The police show up. Antifa flees. The police are like, give us your names. They're like, screw you. And they run away. The Proud Boys said, yes, sir, officer. Here's my name and information. Guess who's in prison? That's right. The Proud Boys. They got arrested and charged. And the cops said, well, we don't know who the Antifa guys are. So nothing we can do about that. Yep. See, the people on the right don't get the game that's being played. And y'all need to pay attention to exactly what's going on, because the machine is coming after people on the right. The DOJ is the left is lying about it, accusing the right of being the perpetrators. When in fact, it, at the bare minimum, many of these circumstances are mutual combat. Bad. Don't get me wrong. No one should be doing it. But the far left shows up to attack people. The fight breaks out. And guess who goes to prison? I'd be willing to bet. The only reason this story doesn't result in the guy with the Trump hat getting arrested is because the left is scared of the racial uh, connotations behind it, because they only seek to exploit situations where they can feign being the victims. I got I'm concerned about what we're going to see after the winter. Things are going to get cold. They'll chill out a, a, a little bit. We're going to get into primary season in March or so. And the campaign's going to ramp up throughout the summer. We're going to see riots. There's going to be violence. Trump's the front runner. Trump's likely going to win. So you can only guess what the far left is going to do. All I can tell you, man, is I think it's high time people got away from cities, learned to be self-sufficient. And uh, at the, very, at the bare, bare minimum, all I can say is if you're in a city, wear what you feel like wearing. 
Don't let anybody tell you otherwise. This guy wants to rip your hat off and throw it on the ground. Call the cops. Play, play that game. Have this person get arrested for assault and battery for doing that. Cops might say, oh, who cares? You know, I know it's a hate crime. I wonder where this took place. That's the, that's the big question. I don't know for sure. If it's in D.C., it's a hate crime. But I fear we should, we, we're going to expect more of this. So stay safe, stay safe out there, man. And try to avoid conflict and confrontation because you don't want to get into a fight. The best, uh, what, what do they say? The, uh, the best way to win a fight is to run away. There's that uh, old video where the martial arts guy is like the ultimate technique to winning at every fight. And then he gets in the stance. The other guy gets in a stance and then he runs away wiggling his arms and everyone laughs and claps. And he's like, you do not want to be in a fight because in the end, everybody just gets screwed over by it. I'll leave it there. Next segment's coming up tonight at 8 p.m. over at YouTube.com slash IRL. Thanks for hanging out and I'll see you all then. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Jumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Jumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.